say um, a quick thank you to a few people. Just a quick thank you. Leela. Where's Leela? Leela. Leela May. Thank you so much. What a blooming Trojan you are. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I want to say thank you to all the other people that have come from a long way who are battling their own town councils. Colchester. Um, I don't know if Thetford. Who? Winchester. Winchester. All these people. I can't remember who else, but loads of people. We need to keep this conversation going. Thank you. And challenge your town councils. Challenge net zero. Challenge your climate emergencies. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I've got a statement from a Christian Anderson. This went viral recently. She's a Euro MEP. She works for Alternative Germany. And this is what she said. Now, how do I put it up? I've got to this quote here, but obviously I'm not going to have the chance to say it. It's very soon. This is what she said. I'm really imploring the people and all the peoples around the world for God's sake. Stop giving your democratically elected governments the benefit of the doubt. They are not deserving of that. They are not. Stop rationalizing whatever your government is doing. Stop rationalizing coming up with some good intentions. They have no good intentions. Never, as I said before, never in the entire history of mankind, there has never been a political elite concerned about the well-being of regular people. And it isn't any different now. Why should it be? Stop giving them the benefit of the doubt. Because I can tell you, you cannot comply your way out of a tyranny. And this is worldwide. It is impossible. Trying to do so, you will only feel a gigantic alligator do you in, the hopes of being, in the hopes of being eaten last. But guess what? Your turn will come. And then you will be the one swan. Do you have a question? I'm almost finished, bear with us. I also have to ask the people, end your silence, speak up, for God's sake, stop complying, start rebelling. They're not, they're out to get you if you do not resist. This sort of relates to what was said, but here's a question. Why are governments, councils, are being referred to as digital, lawful organisations? They are privately owned, HM government is the trading name on USEC for Her Majesty's government, or His Majesty's government. Also the corporation. They're all corporations, they have no interest in the public interest, there is no public. So why are they referring to as digital public authorities? They're fraudulent treasonous criminals, that's what they are. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that was a question. What is the question? What's the question? Why are governments being referred to as digital authorities? They are that's that's not a question. I think, I think Ask something I rational. That. I can answer that question. It's because people don't know that fact. Ralph's got a mic. That's, oh, that's what I would say. Okay. Um, three. I think. I think. Um, I think we. I totally agree with you. Yeah. I mean, the trouble. The trouble is that our our representational government, our re representative government, is being taken over by corporations through public-private partnerships. And no, this is, this, is, this is it. We don't have any government at all. I mean, the thing is, it's, it's the WEF, 
and the, and the United Nations running the show. People talk about the Tories and the Labour. This is all a fallacy. It's a uni-government. That's all we have. One government. Because that's what they want. They want one government. Global governments. And so there's no such thing as party politics anymore. It's gone. It's corruption. And that's what we have. How many people here and how many people on the panel are aware that geoengineering has been going on for decades? And I would refer people to look at Exmoor back in the 1950s when two villages were wiped out, practically Linton and Lynmouth. The RAF admitted some years later to go out and cloud seeding, didn't think it worked and went up and did it again and the result was devastation. 38 people died. One woman had to identify her mother's body by a birthmark on her back because she was missing her head and limbs. So, you know, our skies have been manipulated for a long time, our weather has been changed for a long time. So, what, you know, what evidence have we got that that is still going on now and what can we do about it? Uh, as an airline captain for 40 years, I can tell you that's not happening in the commercial world. It simply doesn't. Aircraft have been contrailing for the last 50, 70 years, ever since uh, the Second World War, when they could get up above 25,000 feet. That is a little bit of a fallacy. There is the policy of cloud seeding, which they use in China, but it's not being used here. So I think that is uh, a little bit of an exaggeration. Would you like to add anything? <coughs> there have been geoengineering experiments. Um, uh, particularly in Russia, and uh, intriguing because um, they were carried out by a professor, Yuri Israel, who was a geoscientist, and he used to be vice chairman of the IPCC in 2001, and he was interviewed uh, as the vice chairman by the media, and said, and, and what do you make of all this, you know, the climate crisis and so on, what's your take in Russia? And he said, well, actually, all our scientists in the academy think that it's just a natural cycle, and it's really hyped. So he didn't believe in the whole carbon monster in 2001. In 2004, uh, Putin signed the Kyoto Protocol, and Russia received vast billions of dollars of carbon credits. And so, Yuri Israel was commissioned to cool the planet and he flew airplanes and distributed barium sulfate into the stratosphere, which is what happens when you have a volcano. It takes a long time to come out, and it reflects the sun's rays. And that was published. It was published in the Russian Journal of um, Meteorology and Hydrology about three years later. That's the only published experiment, and it was it basically they said it's not going to work. And our own government's commission on the issue came to the same conclusion. Their idea of geoengineering is to, to bury the carbon underground, uh, somehow suck it out of the air. So in terms of academia and official government, there isn't. But observant people, especially where my family come from in West Wales, they have shown me photographs of crisscross Yes. 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 And that's not 
on any um, commercial, uh, what do you call it, uh, track. No, the crisscross patterns are caused by the uh, uh, upper jet streams. So you get aircraft flying on airways, and the wind drifts their um, contrails to one side, and it forms a crisscross. Um, going back to, I think, the more problematic point um, that Peter was mentioning here was uh, the carbon capture and sequestration. The trouble is there are a few plants, they're quite expensive, they don't work very well, but they are putting liquid CO2 into uh, geological formations down below. Nobody has explained how they can stop a CO2 blowout, a well blowout. So if they have a well blowout of CO2, you've got CO2 now running down the countryside. Now, um, they did this in, they had this in Lake Nyos, if you remember, in Africa. They had a CO2 blowout from a lake, and the CO2 ran down the valley, and it killed 2,000 people. Nobody has explained how these carbon capture uh, projects can prevent a CO2 well blowout. If we have a well blowout in the North Sea, that CO2 will drift around to our east coast, to the Dutch coast, and kill everybody uh, on the uh, coastlines. Um, that's not being addressed. Yeah, just to, just to add a little, a little note about... Oh. Okay, I wanted to make a comment on the last one, really. Now, you dismissed chemtrails, really. Um, at, 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 a, at a stroke, and I see those chemtrails all the time. I never saw those chemtrails as a child. I, they, they have, they are not the same as And the other thing I wanted to say was, I remember hearing on Radio Four about Lynmouth and Kings Lynn and the seed cloud seeding of the uh, of the rain and and. Uh, Oops, it was King, uh, no, it was Lynmouth, where the, uh, the mountain fell down on the children, uh, on the school. Uh, oh, Abba Abba Abba. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, with the, Abba yeah, Abba with the contrailing, Abba since you asked that. Yeah, I can't answer too many questions. Okay. With the contrailing, as an airline captain, I have to know every nut and bolt on the aircraft. I can assure you that no civil aircraft has a tank, a separate tank for contrailing. It simply does not exist. Um, yeah, but we don't have a military anymore. We've got about 100 aircraft, and that's about it. Within the civil world, there is no such thing. There is contrailing, which is the CO2 and the water vapor that comes out the back of the engine. Now, that does have an effect on climate. Um, it reduces temperatures during the day, and it increases temperatures at night. They proved that during COVID, um, when, of course, most of aviation was stuck on the ground. Um, so it does have an effect on climate, but that's just the natural fuel being burnt in the engines, nothing special. Some questions down the back. Okay, I'd like to ask, um, Peter, I'd like to ask you a question about your book. A couple of questions, actually. Uh, one is, you, you, you say in your book that um, the carbon dioxide lags behind the temperature uh, 800 years. 800. You, you said, it, I've read it. The yeah. carbon dioxide lags the temperature by 800 years. Um, I'd like you to explain that and 
please. Yeah. And the other thing was, um, you mentioned about uh, cycles, uh, like the 11 year sun cycle, um, the, 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 the ocean, uh, the El Nino Southern Oscillation, for example, as a cycle of four years or five years. How, how do you see these cycles uh, mitigating or ameliorating the, um, the, the temperature thing? Yeah. Or, or you know, that, yeah. thank yeah. you. Okay, um, I work with um, another scientist in the, in the United States and we ran a small institute for many years, which we're just uh, winding it up. Um, and we've produced several papers on this, on this issue. Uh, basically, the carbon dioxide um, in the historical record, in the, in the paleo record, is released from the ocean when the oceans warm. So the oceans warm first, and then they start to release carbon dioxide. So what's happening? Somehow, and the mechanism is not fully understood, the deep water from the ocean, which has uh, got a lot of carbon dioxide in it, starts to move and comes up. And that creates a, a whole circulation, a conveyor belt. And once that starts to happen, the temperature of the planet rises and uh, we come out of an ice age. Now, between, when we come out, usually it's about 10,000 years before it starts to drop again. And uh, as Ralph pointed out, it's, it drops even though the carbon dioxide level is high. It goes from 180 to 280 regularly with that. And there's a delay from when the temperature starts to rise to when the carbon dioxide starts to rise. So the carbon dioxide is not causing the temperature rise. It may amplify it a little bit. I don't think by much. So this whole process is very complicated. And if you're interested in the science, I can give you, we've got four or five papers on it. And they are having impact. It's, it's, they're not being ignored. Um, so it's, it's uh, and then in terms of the future, this uh, warm period that we're in, which is on time, uh, it's a thousand year cycle. A thousand years ago, white stork were nesting on Edinburgh Cathedral. They're only just now moving into Kent. So it's like everything is on time. So that, that warm period could last a bit longer, two or three hundred years. I don't think it will. Um, then it's going to start going down into a, a, a little ice age and then eventually in steps down to a full ice age that takes about 3,000 years and then we're in trouble you know and if carbon dioxide has any power at all and it has a little bit of power it might help stave off the ice age but don't tell Greenpeace <laughs> just a quick update on these uh, cycles uh, do remember that the uh, Holocene maximum, which is only 8,000 years ago, was two degrees warmer than now, and the biosphere was fine. Uh, that was mainly caused by Earth's obliquity. Now, we know it was two degrees warmer because if you look at the taiga forest in northern Russia, it was 200, yeah, 200 kilometers further north than now, indicating that the world temperatures were much warmer in the past and the biosphere was fine. These are cycles, as you've said. Yeah. 
Peter, Peter, on that, just a, a rider on that uh, Holocene optimum 8,000 years ago when Britain was just being populated, um, the Arctic uh, sea ice melted completely every year for about 2,000, uh, yeah, about 2,000 years, that whole hot, warm period. Polar bears were fine. It's, it's not a tipping point, which somehow that's been blown up. Yeah, it was a question to um, Ralph Ellis. You showed the Arctic ice extent, and it had been going down on the satellite record from 1979. I noticed during lockdown, when there was no activity from mankind, it was 12.2 million kilometers, the Arctic ice extent. As of June just finished, it was 660,000 kilometers greater. Yeah, so that's quite possible. That's so quite there, possible. There was no. They said there would be rapid um, melt once yeah. it got more and more because of the white snow wouldn't reflect the sun. So well, the complete opposite to what the scientists said has happened, and the Arctic sea extent has grown in three years. Yeah, CO two is uh, continuing to rise, but uh, Arctic sea ice has uh, recovered slightly. Um, it's not fully understood why the Arctic is um, melting and the Antarctic is uh, growing. I have an inkling that it's to do with those pictures I showed about the albedo of the, uh, uh, of the Arctic, the amount of dust on it. My uh, Ice Age paper that I wrote um, says that the Ice Ages only ended because they got dust on them. Therefore, they were darkened, they could absorb more energy, therefore they melted. And it so happens that in the uh, data record we have, every ice age, sorry, every interglacial is preceded by 10,000 years of dust. So there is a correlation between dust and warmth, and it's the dust on the ice sheets that causes the global warming. So it could be, this is by no means proven at all, it could be the Chinese industrial dust on the ice sheets has caused some of the warming that we've experienced over the last 20 stroke 30 years. But, you know, that's just a hypothesis. Anybody else? Anybody else? Yeah, I would really like to ask, go back to the geoengineering. Um, because, you know, many of us here know 1,000% that chemtrails and contrails are different. Yeah. And we've had useful blue skies, we haven't had many. But also going to geoengineering part of um, energy-directed weaponry that's been used to also make it look as if there's a meeting happening in the planet. I have friends that live in LA. Every year I used to go to LA and there were certain types of forest fire which weren't actually burning trees, but they were completely destroying the houses within 20 I, minutes. So I just want to, yeah. to ask you yeah. Well, I know because I've been in the I've been in the industry for 40 years. I can tell you that every kilo of equipment on the aircraft, including liquids, has to be included in the manifest for weight and balance. No aircraft carries extra fluids or extra equipment that the pilots or and engineers will not know about. Uh, on the checkout of the aircraft, I have to check every part of the aircraft. I know every component on the aircraft. 
there is no spraying equipment on any commercial aircraft. We're pilots, we're professionals. We're pilots, we're professionals, we all go to a certain standard, we're all controlled by uh, aviation authorities. There is no aircraft in this world, civil aircraft, that has spraying equipment on it. I can guarantee you that 100%. First of all, thank you to these four intrepid warriors of, of madness for their willingness to step beyond the beyond. And my question is one of, one of semantics, linguistics, and asking all those, but primarily these four remarkable examples of what learning looks like. Uh, please, can it be possible for uh, an integration of what I have learned as a psychotherapist, as a language of responsibility in the manifest propagation of these concepts, these ideas, these realities, these facts. So to move beyond, please can you practice, as I have practiced over the last 35 years of my life, to use the word I, the word me, and the word my, and resist the temptation to use the word they, them, us, and we. For they are terminologies that are massively counterproductive and very much fear and division inducing. Thank you. That was the question. <laughs> I agree. Thank you. I'm not, I'm not going to make a speech. <clears throat> I just want to ask a brief question. And I would like briefly to acknowledge the fact that these two gentlemen here in particular have given me food for thought this evening. I didn't expect to agree with anything, so I'm quite impressed. But my question is, is there anybody on the panel or in this hall who thinks that in a world of finite resources we can have indefinite growth in population and consumption? Yeah, that is a problem. That's why we have to look for multiple sources of energy. Energy is essential for our technological civilizations if we want to maintain our wealth and our prosperity. And so we have to keep looking for more and more viable energy um, in order to sustain our civilizations. We use an awful lot of energy and uh, intermittent renewables are not going to cut it. We're going to have to have something else. But I believe we can still, I hate this idea that we have to regress and go back to mud huts. I was brought up in an era of 2001, a space odyssey, when we were going to go to the planets and to the stars. I still want that vision. I'm with uh, Elon Musk on this, that we must push forward. But in order to do so, we need lots of energy if we want to go out into the solar system. I think that is a bold, grand idea, and I see no reason that we should go back to mud huts. If I, if I could add a rider to that, um, given that we're both uh, highly educated, 
I totally disagree. <laughs> We've only got to go back a, a, a few hundred years to see the most incredible art, architecture. Now, if you look around today with all the energy we've got, and all the money we've got, and what we're creating, you know, it's like, yeah. So, uh, oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give this lot free energy, frankly. <laughs> I, I, I think we're in for a bit of a decline and, and a, a cold time ahead, and we'll learn the lessons that Mother Nature gives us. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm afraid that some people will always want power. Pigs will always become men, and it's very difficult to stop that. Um, we have to curtail it. That's why we um, invented um, democracy, in order to curtail that, so we didn't get the tyrants. Oh, well, I, I know what you're saying, but the ideal of democracy, in order to prevent tyrants uh, coming about, is not perfect, but it's better than most systems. I don't know a better system. I don't know. I think the, the yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not with Ralph about Elon Musk. He can go to Mars. I don't mind that. But, um, I. I, I, I would come. I would come back to to what Willow said, and that is, uh, no they, and we can't blame the system because we created it. All of us. There's only one human being here, and we have created this mess. And we are. And and it, it's not going to be easy. But the answer will lie changing ourselves, that's what I feel. What I buy, I don't buy much. Hello, I've got a, mess, um, a question for Ian. Um, I live about 50 yards away from a Tesco store, which is a Wi-Fi hotspot, and they've just added some uh, EV pods, and it's facing my bedroom window. I've started to suffer with palpitations and all sorts of other nausea and all sorts of things. Do I need to move? Pro probably. The, the most important thing you can do is 
record what happens to you in your health. So when you started, um, if you can go and see your doc a doctor, if you're still with your doctor or somebody um, that can um, say what your health was earlier and when the change happens and what happens at different times as you go along. That's good because it's giving you evidence. Um, there are one or two that have been taken down. Um, no, it's not as easy um, as objecting to them in the first place, hence the mention of Pentlehodra earlier. Uh, but it is possible. Have you got a light, an LED outside your window? There's a load of them all the way around the Tesco car park. Yeah. Because they're I'm very... shining into my bedroom. Yeah, and, that, and they're very harmful as well. They what use about, a particular... What about, what about they, the EV pods? Are they, are they relevant? The what? The EV electric pods for the cars? Oh, the Charging cars. Points. Yeah, no, no, they're, they're all... It all adds up. I mean, that, okay. that's the thing. If you, if you can do something like... Um, you can try getting a canopy for your bed, you know, from, from one of the companies that sell that sort of thing. That could help. You can also try earthing. Um, there are uh, companies that do that. Grandology is one I use. And um, those are the things. But ultimately, um, Professor Bell Palmer, who's a, a professor in Paris University, done a lot of work on, on this sort of thing. And he, he offers a, some remedies, but as he himself says, it's not a cure. There's no cure for radiation sickness other than getting away from it. So at the end of, yeah, ultimately we have to get rid of it all. Uh, we, we need, the only thing we want zero in this world is Wi-Fi. I just wanted to make a suggestion regarding energy use and I heard somebody mention Tesla and that made me think also about obviously Tesla towers as atmospheric electricity but also like John Searle used to live around here and he died at age 90 or something like that and he had a free energy device using magnets. So I'm sure that these technologies do exist and we don't need any of this nuclear power or you know a lot of these things we've been talking about. I just wanted to quickly say, going back to the money system, that um, in my view, uh, decentralised money systems are the way forward. We have to decentralise, get away from centralised um, money. Um, how we do that, don't ask me. Other people will probably know. And I think to get rid of usury is probably the most fundamental.
And I suggest that you speak to all of your neighbours and speak to all of the people in your locality. Because the one thing that is going to change everything that's been discussed here tonight that's going in the wrong direction is community. saying hello. My name's Willow. I don't know what your name is, but I'm really glad to see you tonight. And I hope you find a solution. Yeah. But it's like human beings were the creators of all of these problems, like Peter said. And the answer, permaculture, one-on-one, the, the solution to any problem sits within the problem itself. And as this amazing woman who's done her reading pointed out, humans we are the enemy. There's no two ways about it. But Some people have asked for a shield to be put. It's not a 100% right solution. Um, so, but that definitely is one of the things. They're also, my understanding is they're not, they don't have, um, uh, what's the word, not filters, like domestic ones have a, um, oh, phosphorus, I can't remember what the word is now, sorry, it's come out. Diffuser, that's the word, thank you very much, whoever said that. <laughs> Yeah, a diffuser on them, and the street lights often don't. Um, they are very bright, um, that, and if you if you look on the top, some of them have actually do have an aerial on top. Not all of them. Uh, some of them, it's just a timer. And uh, once we get the smart city in, they will dim as you walk past them at night, and then um, come up again. Um, or they'll dim as you've gone past, and they'll brighten up as you walk underneath it because you probably notice they, they don't spread out like the old street lights used to. They're much more focused down. And I have I've not, 
I've been asked quite a few times whether they can damage plants as well, and I've certainly seen where um, it looks very much as if it's done, done by the LED and not by a mask nearby, because we can't see a mask nearby, so that's another possibility. So, yeah, the, the worry about them, yeah. Mark Steele, and some of you won't like Mark, I do actually speak with him from time to time, and um, he did a lot of work on LEDs up in there, so it's worthwhile looking at his website as well, if you can get hold of that, yeah. yeah. We've got one last question here. Uh, this is a question from Rob. Um, you may be very knowledgeable. You may be very knowledgeable about um, civil aircraft and the aircraft industry, who have no capacity to have tanks to spew out chemtrails, as we call them. What about the light aircraft that we see regularly, festooning the skies with, with trails that don't disappear, like vapor trails? Sorry, I'd say that again. They have what? We we see regularly small aircraft going above us in, uh, over all our towns. Um, absolutely obliterating the sky sometimes with trails that don't disappear, chemtrails. Those are lighter. No, these are ice trails. The, the thing no, is... No, they don't the, disappear. Water bear me out. Bear me out. Um, one of the reasons we, find we see more contrails now is because commercial aircraft are now flying much higher. And so there's a greater probability that the contrail will actually turn to ice and therefore it won't disappear. Well, these are commercial um, aircraft. Yeah, I know, but they go higher now. The old 737, you'd be lucky to get above 32,000 foot because it ran out of power. These are smaller, the modern, actually. The modern uh, 737 will go up to 41,000 feet. Oh, sure. Um, and so the contrail will actually last a lot longer because the water actually crystallizes, it freezes. Okay, well these light aircraft are not going anywhere in particular. Light aircraft don't produce contrails. They're going up and down, up and down, creating crisscross... Um, yeah, the crisscross is caused by well, why, winds why above. Why are they not going anywhere in particular? Uh, the the crisscross, if you just listen, the crisscross pattern is caused by the wind blowing the contrail. So you have one contrail, the wind blows it, the next aircraft comes along, the wind blows it, the next craft, aircraft comes along, and you end up with a whole series of parallel lines. This is the same aircraft going up and down. No, that doesn't happen. Yes, it does happen. It does happen. The only, the only aircraft that would do that is uh, an RAF refueling aircraft, but, you know, they've only got about, I don't know, eight or, eight or nine of them. <laughs> they literally don't have an air force anymore. <laughs> I'll sit and watch them with you at uh, some point, and I'll explain exactly what's happening. I hope you do, because they're seeing them on a regular basis. Thank you. Thank you everyone for all the questions and thank you to the panel. Thank you to Sandy. Thank you to all the security guards who come to support us. And thank you to all the council and council members who come and listened and participated and shared. Um, yeah, I just want to say thanks for everyone for coming and uh, really staying to the bitter end. I mean, it's been a long, long time. Um, and thank you for your concentration. Um, I couldn't help but notice we've got Oh, Mr. Andrew Bridgen in the uh, room. And uh, I just wanted to say thank you for coming. And uh, if you want to say a few words too.
I must admit, I thought I got away with that one. Uh, I think somebody asked a question about um, Christine Anderson. One of the early questions. Well, I have a confession to make. I was drinking beer with her till 1.30 on Wednesday morning in the beer factory on Plaster Luxembourg, and I did get a, a standing ovation in the European Parliament, which wasn't on my bucket list. We, we, are, we, are in, we are in very, very, very dangerous times. Democracy is under threat as it's never been before. It's not external forces that are doing this really. It's, it's the corruption and decay of our own institutions. And it's all, all around the world at the, at the same time. There's a lot of suspicion out there. And it's going to take a lot to rebuild trust, which is uh, quite rightly. And I'm, I'm worried it's going to have to get worse before it gets better, but a lot of people are waking up now. And what I'll leave you with for tonight is that no is a very small word, but if enough people say it, it's a very big meaning. Thank you very much. Thanks everyone for coming. Please, please pick up any litter, any leaflets. We've got to clear out the hall quickly, otherwise the council will be on our backs again. Thank you everyone. Good night.